Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast. Now, DNA is always thought of as this master blueprint containing all these instructions to the form and function of an organism. But what if specific parts of that blueprint were blocked by some sort of overlay that limited the ability to actually use it? You know, something that kind of obfuscated the information. Or or what if other parts of that information were even more accessible? That maybe that part of the blueprint would be uh, built first or maybe, you know, built better or something like that. This is really the issue of epigenetics and its modifications in our master blueprint of DNA affect how that blueprint is accessed by the mechanisms that control gene expression. One of the many ways that access is dictated is by small modifications of DNA, little tiny chemical decorations that that cover different parts of a DNA molecule that are added enzymatically or removed enzymatically. One of them is known as methylation. It's the addition of a methyl group, that little CH3, little tiny molecular decoration that has profound effects on how DNA behaves and can ultimately play a role in everything from uh, proper development to even diseases like cancer. And today's guest has studied how methylation correlates with different disease states and how they may even contribute to the progression or the ultimate manifestation of different types of cancers. So we're speaking with Professor Asaf Hellman. He's in the Faculty of Medicine at the at Hebrew University of Jerusalem. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Hellman. Hi, hello, Kevin. How are you? Hello, yeah. Well, thank you for being here with us today. What I would, uh, I talked a little bit about methylation in this introduction but could you please describe more precisely what it is, how it was even discovered, and, and what does it mean to, in terms of development in the genome? Yes. Yeah, so as you know, this decoration, as you call it, is something that is really important, and it helps the gene or the factors that uh, control the expression of all gene, basically, to better understand what the uh, sequence of the DNA and what they actually have to do when you, they say a given enhancer or promoter or any control region and how to interpret the exact meaning in terms of uh, gene expression. However, as all we were and give a lot of attention for the DNA methylations in the 80s, early 80s of the former century, and epigenetic in general, there is still a lot of confusion and I would say misunderstanding, or at least it's unclear exactly how we as a researcher may understand the meaning of the epigenetic code in general, DNA methylation code particularly. 
Yeah. So you mentioned promoters and enhancers. And so the, the promoter is kind of the, can be thought of somewhat as an on off switch for a gene, the enhancer almost as a volume knob. And so changes in the methylation state could affect the ability to say, activate a gene or maybe control its level of expression. Yeah, so for sure, DNA methylation uh, is ever very close talking with the ability of transcription factor to bind their target sequences, meaning promoter and distant regulatory element, which we usually call enhancer. How exactly they they talk to the uh, binding of the factor? We're not sure yet. It might be a causative, meaning that the methylation caused the factor to bind or unbind the DNA. Maybe the opposite, the factor tell the DNA whether it should appear or not. And most probably both occurrences are there in the genome. So you, when you're talking about DNA methylation, I would say that the two most important words are dynamics and uh, function. If you think about dynamics, many people know that most of the DNA is completely methylation. This is stable through uh, all the cell in the body, through all life. So, always methylated, completely methylated, highly methylated. This is probably to, in order to shut down a repetitive element, virus-like element, things that are there in the genome and you never want them to be expressed. Then um, uh, it's common knowledge, I would say, that in gene promoter, when the promoter are methylated, the gene would not express because the factor, the activator that bind this promoter sequence cannot bind. This meaning that about half of our gene are never methylated as their promoter because those are the housekeeping genes that should express anywhere in all tissue. And then about half of the gene are methylated in some tissue and are methylated in the other tissue and the methylated tissue would not express this gene. However, when you come into the, what happened uh, in the expressed uh, tissue, and especially when we are talking about the difference between people, individual or patient, if you want, in the expression level of the, the open promoters, this is uh, start to be complex because while most of the uh, DNA is always methylated and then most of the promoter have the development program of methylation, what actually caused the, uh, or produce the difference in the expression level between individual, and we already understand that this expression, thin expression level between individual, these are actually what respond to most of the disease of the patient that suffer of the common disease, uh, across all type of disease, of common disease across the entire world, 
Those tiny uh, uh, differences in the expression level of gene are not due to the promoter, not due to the promoter epigenetic, not due to the promoter methylation. Those are always completely unmethylated and the genes are able to express. What really define the actual expression level are the sequences that we call enhancer. And what we bring into the picture, I mean, my research group, is the ability to track this through the eye of DNA methylation. And what we find is actually very interesting and I would say different and at the same time adhere with what we already understand about methylation when we look only at the promoter. Okay, so it seems like it's the methylation state of these enhancers that can have profound effects. And enhancers, just for the audience that maybe doesn't know the molecular biology, the enhancers are these DNA sequences that may be located reasonably far from the gene itself, like the master control portion of the gene, at least in terms of the number of bases away. But it may be located very close when DNA is organized and packaged in, into its ultimate form. So is that correct so far? Yes, this is exactly what people think about enhancer. They're actually very similar to promoter, as well as not next to the, to the transcribed portion of the gene. They, they may reside within what we call TAD, topology-associated domain, and they may come across with the promoter probably to a very short period of time. But when this interaction, long-distance interaction, as we call them, occur, then the promoter can see the full variety or spectrum of factors that he have to see in order to transcribe. And then you get a very short burst of transcription for a very short period of time, and then nothing happened for our uh, or, or more again. And this enhancer, they are like promoter, but they are not like promoter because they bind all uh, kind of activator and repressor at the same time. They also bind the polymerase too, so they transcribe what we call enhancer RNA. And here comes the, maybe the most important piece of information. Whenever they become active with the promoter and transcribed RNA, the DNA of the enhancer see both methylated and demethylated agent on the same time. So when I say that the entire genome is pretty stable in, in terms of methylation and the promoter as well, the enhancer seems to be very dynamic. So the methylation of, of these pieces of DNA is always altered. And when you look on the DNA, same tissue, same person, same uh, cell type, you always catch the, the enhancer methylation in some in between, I would say, between zero methylation to 100% methylation. And in this term, this 4% of the methylome are really unique the enhancer methylation. It's really dynamic, as I would say. So does it change the association with, I guess this is my, my question, as someone who understands molecular biology but maybe hasn't kept up on methylation, does it affect purely 
the structural recruitment of factors to the promoter where maybe it obfuscates the access to the AGCT code because of changes in the physical structure of the helix? Or is it really just recruiting other protein factors like histones or other repressors that limit the access to the proteins that say turn on transcription? Yes, all these possibilities are still open. We know that DNA methylation talk with the other level of epigenetic and the state of chromatin organization, would it be open or closed? More necrosome, less necrosome. And with the ability, all this, the ability of factor to bind the target. And we still don't know, as I say, whether DNA caused this effect or only report this effect or probably both. But anyway, it's very close to this happening. And, you know, earlier time, people like to think about enhancer as a given enhancer will bind a given activator, transcription factor, and when while it it interact with the promoter, we have the expression. But actually what happens is that enhancer bind many activator and repressor altogether. And if you like to be precise, the DNA methylation actually talk with the balance between bound activator and repressor or the bound stability of this factor. And this is why we see a very tight, very close correlation between the level of methylation only in the, on the enhancer side versus the expression level of the targeted gene. This is a very unique situation. You never see it in promoter. Promoter are always methylated, completely methylated. It's closed, completely unmethylated, open. But, but the only sites that actually correlate, closely correlate with the expression level of GNR. And, and what more you can define the enhancer as positive or negative enhancer what we call silencer. So if the, the this distant regulatory site will bind more repressor, it will affect negatively the expression level of the gene. If it's bind more activator, you have more expression. And you, you should take into account that most of the gene have several enhancer and silencer like this. So if you really want to understand what the gene are doing, you should know its specific uh, combination or network of enhancer and sensor. And the, the best way we found so far to describe, to predict the expression level of gene is by looking at the DNA methylation level within decay enhancer and silencers that actually define its expression level. Now, very good. So if you're, but this is one other question I have is if you have methylation of an enhancer or a silencer, does that really affect say one target gene or since it can be far away, does it affect the entire set of genes in a certain neighborhood of the genome? 
Yeah, so uh, there are no such good uh, mapping of gene versus enhancer and sensor. In our methylation-based data, uh, we estimate that the given gene have an average of 2.2 regulatory site. Many of the important gene of the transcription factor itself have more enhancer and sensor. And then a given enhancer may talk to several genes in its neighborhood. Neighborhood, I mean, millions of bases of DNA. <laughs> and the, the other wondering around this is what happens if you have within the same TAD several or sometimes 10, several tens of genes, and these genes are not necessarily working together. They are not, they don't not have a common expression profile. Each of these genes is free to express itself in different tissue, different level, different way. And we found out that strangely, uh, each of these independent genes may hold its own network of, let's say, two enhancer and two sciencer or several enhancers, several sciences, the next gene, the neighboring gene, may have another network. All the enhancer and the sciences of given gene are spread across the entire TAD. They able to interact with their specific promoter. The other network of enhanced sciences use the same area in the DNA, they overlap with the first network, but they only talk with another promoter of another gene. And this is how different genes may contain or maintain independent expression profiles. Yeah, I see. So it's a lot more complex than we think. So when we talk about DNA, we can sequence A, G, C, and T. We can understand DNA sequence very easily through very well-established protocols. How do you detect methylation? Well, methylation is not as easy as regular DNA sequences, but not really complex. The most useful and common way is what we call bisulfite treatment. We treat the DNA with a, a chemical that make all C to turn into T's unless if they are methylated. So following this treatment, all non-methylated C will become T and by sequencing and compared with the original sequence of the DNA, we can easily deduce what or which of the C's was methylated. Also other method, for example, the new single molecule sequencing read the difference between methylated and non-methylated C's. So actually the sequence um, as the fifth base of the DNA, if you like, um, directly reading of, of, of this addition. So the, the method come on are easy, are very stable, and we have no problem in this level. Okay, well, this is an excellent setup 
for now we'll talk about application on the other side of the break. So we've talked all about methylation, about its roles in, uh, in either use in changing the ability to enhance or silence expression from a promoter by affecting a distal DNA sequence or an approximal DNA sequence. And now we'll talk about how this has roles in things like aging, diabetes, or cancer. This is the Talking Biotech Podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Calabra, the data monitoring platform designed to reveal research insights and streamline reporting across your organization. With Calabra, you'll gain a comprehensive view of your research workflows, simplifying scientific IP governance, compliance, and analysis. Visit Collabra.app to learn how you can transform your research process today. C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P. And now we're back on the Talking Biotech podcast. We're speaking with Professor Asaf Hillman. He's, the, he's in the Faculty of Medicine at Hebrew University of Jerusalem. And we're talking about DNA methylation, mostly methylation of enhancers, and how the methylation state of an enhancer can cause enhanced gene expression or perhaps silent gene expression. And it's the small molecule that's attached onto DNA to change the access to different genes by the factors that control gene expression. And all of this is great. We talked about you know the physical nature of this, how it works dynamically, but now the question is, how do we apply what we've learned? And this is where your laboratory has been just making some profound discoveries that really have, have been important in understanding the predictive nature of methylation. So one of the key, key projects in your laboratory has been around diabetes and type 2 diabetes and how a blood sample perhaps we can examine the methylation state in, in blood. And I guess we're talking about white blood cells because red blood cells are enucleate. But how do we use, how do we, how can we use methylation to predict something about diabetes? Yes. So once uh, we understand that the ability to track the exact, uh, the precise methylation level and decay in answer silencers, it really control expression level of the gene, we came to a new point when we can really measure very tiny differences in the expression level of disease-driving genes without even need the ability to uh, get the RNA. You know, RNA molecule is very unstable and it's hard to get and you need biopsies of the tumor. If it's disease that you're not sure which are the target tissue, like uh, type 2 diabetes, you, or maybe you know or you think you know the target tissue, but you are a- unable to biopsy this tissue among people, especially early, young and healthy people that you like to screen. So uh, you come to a point when you suspect that uh, a, a tiny difference in the expression level of, of transcription factor over uh, decades of lifetime makes some people to be under the risk of developing this disease or the other disease or something like a couple of hundred of common diseases that we like to track this uh, this way. 
and being able to get all this information about the tendency of particular individual to little bit express higher or lower given genes using the DNA methylation marker open for you a whole new world of, of, of possible markers and maybe also possible target to detect and maybe also to control, to epigenetically control uh, this expression level. So in this field, we are only are making first steps and we like to be very cautious, but I can already tell that, uh, for example, by looking on the white blood cells, of particular disease that seem to be depend or have some crosstalk with the with the things that happen in in white blood cells specific type of white blood cell you may see a little very little but significant difference in, uh, between people all healthy and young people between those people that later during their life develop this particular disease, or maybe they are protect for the development of this disease, and and we can really track and predict this tendency by looking simply by looking on the methylation level at specific K enhancer of specific gene within specific subtype of white blood cells. I'm sure, sorry that I have to be a little bit general in what I'm saying here, because those are only first step, but we are pretty like what we see at the moment. No, that's okay to be cautious, because I, I understand you're speaking like a scientist. You don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and that's good. But at the same time, it's exciting for us to think about how this type of technology could apply. And so you're seeing changes in the methylation state that that seem to associate with the diabetic state that you don't know if they're causal or not, but they may be. But but so is are these tools that if someone were to go in today and, and have their methylation state of a few key genes tested, could you really understand their potential predisposition to diabetes? Yeah, so as you probably know, when people generally think about a, a type 2 diabetes, they're not the, the blood or the peripheral blood will not be their first tissue of, of, of that they would think about is because it's it used to say in physicians that okay type 1 diabetes is due to autoimmunity attack of the of the pancreas cell the beta cell but in type 2 the resistance to insulin is the things that develop over years and and things that they can see like inflammation and general counting of white blood cell, maybe the, the ratio between lymphocyte and neutrophil, all these things used to be thought as things that, that happen with the disease, after the disease, but not before the disease. So we're really surprised to see that 
that uh, looking in people 13 years now before the disease, they already show this tiny uh, difference in the methylation level. And indeed, as you suggest, this methylation level come very close or next by to genetic variant, to SNPs that already associated with the with type 2 diabetes through uh, GWAS studies. But while the this variant, this SNP, not really not really associated with the expression level of any gene and their prediction model of, of diabetes risk are really, really weak. The methylation site just next to this SNP have very strong effect on the expression level of particular gene, genes, and also the, predict, the, the, the apparent prediction model might be much, much better or stronger than the, the combination of all non-SNP, for, for example, type 2 diabetes. And this actually makes sense because if you think about this, we all know and learn that, that uh, the phenotype, the disease, is the outcome of the interaction between our genetic and the uh, environment. So we all know that if we become more fat and do less exercise, we are uh, exposing to, to, be, uh, to develop diabetes. And also, but then amongst the, the, the obese people, if they have what we call good genetics, they will not uh, uh, progress into diabetes, while some people, even in underweight, may develop diabetes. So some interaction between genes and the environment, but what is the molecular meaning, the molecular mechanism that behind this interaction, nobody knows. What we already know about methylation is that any methylation site is actually an integrator of clues from the genetic and from the environment. We know that about one third of the variation between people affect the methylation level of nearby or even distant sites. At the same time, what we eat, our age, our stochastic experience, so on, really affect methylation level. So if you think about a model when the methylation of enhancer is what actually caused the expression level of the gene over a lifetime, and this methylation site integrate the information from the genetic sequence, from the DNA sequence, and on the same time from the environment, and produce out of this the precise, the, the particular, the individual expression level of this disease gene, then you have a model that, that, that shows how this methylation might really uh, uh, predict and affect, or at least report the expression level of the gene. And, and, and by the way, if you think why this uh, SNP variation, GWAS variation, have so little effect, maybe it's because that the, uh, the effect on the methylation is obscured by the effect of the environment of the methylation. So yes, if you measure the association between a given variant and a given disease, you see some effect but you miss the effect of the environment. If you measure the methylation, 
you might measure at the same time the entire the sum effect of the environment and the genetic of one particular individual over its disease gene. And this model, I would say the one that we most like and it's the, the best ex, uh, express or describe what we actually see in the lab. Do you think that the environmental effects are generic or do you feel that there are maybe specific environmental inputs that can change the methylation state of a gene? Or is it just a general response to, say, stress? Yeah, so um, uh, talking about uh, DNA methylation, we already know that uh, the, your diet and your age and your especially for many chemicals in the environment may affect your uh, global and local DNA methylation level and add on top of this the stochastic event whenever we replicate the DNA, we duplicate cell, the methylation might change and do accumulate um, what we call methylation mutation, and and the actually the the very the the difference between individual and the level of methylation is at least hundredfold, I would say, higher than the variance in their genetic sequences. So. For sure, methylation C or some your entire experiment. And as I say, at the same time, it's also affected by the variant of indigenous sequences. The, the problem is to, to define or to understand which one out of this, of all these many, many difference or variation in DNA methylation level, I talk about enhancer, of course, may have an effect or connect with given gene and a given disease. Well, what do we know about the associations between methylation state of enhancers and different cancers? Yeah, so in cancer, what we already able to say is that uh, if you look at the same cancer driver gene or driver genes that are common to several types of cancer, and you look at the, uh, you try to map the network of um, methylation-related enhancer and silencer that uh, talk with the expression level of this gene, you find completely, or maybe not completely different, but very unsimilar network. So the same gene that expressed in different tissue, different origin of cancers, would control by a different set of enhancer and silencer. And this is very interesting to know because it, it says that we can understand what uh, what differ between different type of cancer in terms of, of expression level of, of, of their driver gene. And another thing that we can say is that it's really understanding this network really help us to understand why different patients with the same type of cancer have so large difference in the expression level of of, of of key driver gene, for example, the cyclin D1, the gene that 
really control the dividing uh, rate of sale. Uh, and it's, let's say, for example, among women with breast cancer, all patients that, that, that abnormally express a cyclone D1 might have sometimes thousandfold difference between the expression level of, of this particular gene, but they are all defined as having the same type subtype of breast cancer and they get the same treatment and and, and the same way to or protocol to uh, uh, to treat this uh, disease and only if you look at the methylation of of three or four key enhancer you may able to to locate the 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 the, the, the enhancer that really control this difference between the patient. So imagine that we may understand the, the specific expression profile over, uh, I would say, 100 or 200 uh, uh, cancer driver gene and specifically understand what makes them to be actually different from each other. So we already, in a given cancer, and say in glioblastoma, we were able to describe something like 60, maybe 70 um, uh, glioblastoma driver gene, the expression level of each one of the of this gene. Based, we can predict it based on knowing the methylation level of up to four key enhancer sites. And as I say, we still don't know what will happen if we change the methylation level of this enhancer, but we already know that only by looking on the methylation level of this four site in the genome, we can say and predict what would be the expression level of this uh, very important driver gene. So when you're talking about using this as a predictive tool, is this something that you feel, and, and this may be speculation, of course, but is it something that you could maybe start surveying somebody in their 20s or 30s or 40s and asking questions about the methylation state of particular genes to maybe give them some sort of hints that maybe they should be more careful about maybe more frequent screenings or something like that? Yes, so this is something that we are trying to do with uh, diabetes, not with cancer, uh, based on pretty strong preliminary data that we have. We are now running like a national project in Israel that uh, look using a prospective cohort at the methylation level of people in their twenties uh, or even earlier, we are now screening something like seven hundred thousand particular enhancer, and we are trying to develop models that would predict their chance to develop diabetes during lifetime. And this project is, I would say, middle plus, and we already start to see some promising results. Are, are those uh, methylation sites or patterns somewhat inherited or inherited at all? 
small difference in enhancer, for example, may transmit between generations. People already see this in, uh, any, in model animal, maybe in mice, for sure in worm, and for sure in plant. But they have their own uh, way to... In human, there was so far not really good evidence for this transgenerational effect, but it might be. Well, for me, this makes a lot of sense because we all know that we contain roughly the same genes, of course, different variants, things like that. But how much does methylation and other types of epigenetic events contribute to the gene expression events that give us differential predisposition to disease or other differences we see between individuals? You need to understand that while most of the DNA is maybe stable and most of the promoter are developmentally methylated, what really caused the um, difference in the expression level of gene is control through network of enhancer and sciencer. And using DNA methylation, that it's a very helpful and precise um, and easy way to locate this network and understand the real key regulatory sites that control this small effect over the genes. We still don't know if the DNA is causative here or just a reporter, but this tiny difference in the ability to express particular disease gene between individual is probably what really makes the difference between individual in, in, the, in the predisposition for, 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 I would say, if it's true for cancer, if it's true for type 2 diabetes, then it will probably be also true to many other common diseases. The diseases that have in common this uh, um, precise control over several tens of disease driver genes. Well, very good. Well, Professor Asaf Hellman, thank you very much for joining me today and talking about this very exciting way in which this regulatory mechanism could have important roles both in prediction of the disease, but really a key part of personalized medicine. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. And as always, thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Remember to share and write reviews. Do what you can to help promote this podcast and share with more people. I mention it all the time, but I got another email this week saying, thank you for this resource. I can't believe I just found it. And now I only have 349 other episodes to visit <laughs> to get caught up. So think about the future and the people who would appreciate this resource and direct them to it. Thank you again very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Talking Biotech. 
sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.